Hi, my name is Haley Leverty, and I am so grateful to have you joining us for this episode of the Beauty From Brokenness podcast. Today is about beauty, but not the kind of beauty in the heart that I like to talk about. Today is about the power and sometimes the danger in outer beauty. I think that is something that every single woman has struggled with at a certain point in her life. And I brought my friend Kara, who represents Generation Z, and my friend Annie from my generation on to talk I didn't fully know where the conversation was going to go, but I'm here to tell you that if you've ever struggled or if you know someone who's struggling with how they look right now, struggling with feeling beautiful just the way God made them, someone who's even struggling maybe with an eating disorder, this is the episode for her. I am so honored and um, just humbled by some of the things that my, some of my closest friends have been through, and I'm sure that these are representative stories of what so many women can relate to. Take it all in and enjoy. My name is Haley, and you're listening to the Beauty From Brokenness podcast. I'm a mom, wife, and blogger. In my life before kids, I was in event planning, dance coaching, small group leading, church going socialite who had it all together. But simultaneously, I was partying, people-pleasing, past-processing, sad, and lonely on the inside. When I became a mom, being home alone with my thoughts, a baby, and no schedule just about broke me. But God had other plans. And with His help, I began to take giant steps into becoming a new version of myself that was better than I ever could have imagined. In this podcast, you can expect to hear just about everything from faith to friendship to failure and what I've learned. The goal? to become better versions of ourselves today than we were yesterday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Beauty From Brokenness episode. Um, My name is Haley, and I'm so excited for today's episode because it is about something that is so near and dear to my heart. Um, Women and their self-worth is just something that I, I care about so much, and I think every woman, including myself, has struggled with at a certain point, Um, and more specifically, I want to bring beauty into this. Um, It was a very important thing. It was was a part of the small group study that I wrote for young women. It was the third chapter because I think it was just, you know, on the front of my mind, like young women need to hear what I have to say about this. And when I was younger, I just feel like there was a big struggle, like it was a big internal struggle with the power that looks truly held over me. And I've just talked to this new younger generation about um, what's changed over time. And I've talked to friends about how they've struggled and how they continue to struggle. I mean, it's not just a young woman struggle. And so today I'm really excited because I've brought a couple of my favorite friends into the mix so that they can talk about this too, because I think this is just across the generations. It applies to every woman. And I'm going to tell you about these amazing women. So Kara, you hold a special place in my heart because you were at the very first small group, like the very first one that ever, um, it, it turned into beauty from brokenness after that. And I love that the very first time I saw you, you sat in the couch and I remember seeing your face and saying like, she's going to be a leader and I'm getting the goosebumps because you did like you went to small group and then you started your own small groups and you continue to reach all the people around you. And you have this, I'm sure it's a double double-edged sword, but you have this drive about you that just pushes you to need to be better. Like you always need to do the best and be better and work harder. And it doesn't surprise me that you're in nursing school because <laughs> taking care of other people. So it yep. makes total sense. So Amazing. I'm very excited. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing yeah. those things. We're going to dive a lot 
further into Kara's story, I know, but I have to introduce my other guests too. So if you listen to Girl Hide in Your Pantry, <laughs> it's an episode for moms um, earlier this year, then you know Annie, my other friend. She is not only a mom and a wife, but this amazing comedian and encourager of friends. You should be a comedian. You should have a podcast and be a comedian. She's amazingly encouraging, like knows the exact right thing to say all the time. And you're a fitness buff. And I can't get into all the amazing things that she volunteers with, but I will just say that she listens. And for a person that does as much as you do, it's just a rare quality to find someone who's real and raw and genuine and does all of the things. Like, so thank you for being here. Oh, and she knows how to bake. (laughs) Hey, yeah, well, so as you can tell, we totally like span the generations in terms of who's here and talking. And that's what makes me so excited. I love that you're both here. Thank you for your time. I know how busy you both are. So awesome. But I, I was talking to them earlier because I just said when I when it comes to the topic of like beauty, these two sitting with me right now, if you could see them, like they're beautiful on the outside, but they're also like beautiful, amazing, genuinely good people on the inside too. So I was just excited to talk to them. And truly, like we haven't really even exchanged all of these stories yet. So I just hope it'll be like a good, authentic conversation about these things. But I think a good place to start is to tell us who you were in high school, like paint the picture of who you girls were so that we can, I feel like high school is where everything starts, like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. So tell us who you were then. Like what, which girl were you? Um, I was the radar. So I was the girl that danced at all the pep fests and I loved it dance in front of our entire school. And uh, that was the best part of high school, I would say. But I, and I, I guess you could call me the popular girl. I don't like putting that label on anybody, especially popular. myself. But, like, I had a lot of friends. I would sit with anybody and who, whoever at the lunch table. It just really didn't matter to me. And I think I came across as the girl that was really popular and had a lot of friends. But I think I was more sad on the inside than what people would paint me as, you were like the nice popular girl. I was. Yeah. I like to think of myself as a nice person. <laughs> and you, you, I'm just guessing. Like yeah. you'd be the person that was like at the parties, but not being like the terrible person. Ever. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would think so too. Not like George. Yeah. No. No. I can't. I would hope not. If anybody <laughs> made, made them feel that way, I would hope that's not how I uh, made them feel. But I was at all the parties. I had all the friends. I, yeah. But I was probably not as happy on the inside as I was. I portrayed myself to be. You portrayed the perfect dancing. I think so. Nice high school girl. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Good background. Andy, what about you? Um, I was reserved. Um, I was known as like the pretty quiet one, I guess. Um, I, in my own, like once I felt safe in a group of people, I felt a little bit more easy, Mm -hmm. like to be myself and like, you know, say my dumb jokes and like, you know, be whatever. But um, I would say I if I interviewed people who I went to high school with, they'd probably say, like, she was nice. She was really quiet. Um, she I was in the group of the pretty girls. I'm using quotation marks. Yeah. Um, I was not the Regina George, but I was unfortunately friends with the Regina George. Um, oh, that's good to and, know. And again, that also reiterated in my brain that looks are everything. And yeah. you better dress nice to school or you're going to get made fun of. You better do your hair mm-hmm. nice. Um, mm-hmm. You better... Yeah, so I mean, I would say like I was, I would, I was probably known as nice, but kind of afraid to be my true self and like wanted to always look the best and yeah, kind of in a, I was almost like a doll in a cage. 
no, that sounds like, amazing. I can relate to that too. Yeah. 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 Totally. And this is kind of off topic, but I was going to say, like, Carrie, your generation knows a lot better. She yeah. worked at a clothing store. So I was actually voted best dress in high school. Oh, hey! <laughs> and that title, like, sticks me because I'm like, well, I'm going to own that, yeah. you know? So you're not entirely representative, though, because I feel like your but generation. Then most people did that. Yeah. Got for really sure. really good at, like, going out in their sweatpants. Yeah. And I was going to just tell, well, so you're more like us. That's probably why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Annie and I's generation, like, nobody would have done that. Oh, no. You yeah. did not leave the house. It wasn't cool to do that. Uh-uh. And I think that's kind of what my mom would tell me, too. Like, like, well, you guys have it so easy. Like, you can just throw your hair up or whatever. Like, we were, she was an 80s girl, so she, like, did her hair and makeup, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why I always did. I enjoy it. I don't do it for other people. I just genuinely enjoy dressing up and looking cute, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But and it was always that way? You always. always did it for yourself. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think at points there would be, like, oh, I'm going to look cute for so-and-so, you know. But yeah. for the most part, it was for myself. Yeah, I was not doing it for myself. I absolutely, like, woke up in the morning and thought about who I was getting ready for. Like, oh, who sure. I was going to walk by. Our Me high school too. has this great big long corridor, and you walked. It's called the Commons. Yeah. It's still there. Yep. Yeah. And, like, all the groups were sitting there. So, like, yep. by the door were, like, the ski doo people, and then, like, by, I don't know, all the way back were the popular girls. And yeah. I would dress for my walk through that long car- corridor, like, who I was going to see and, yep. like, what guy I wanted to get the attention of, and it was sick. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, I mean, this is a really vague question, but like, and we kind of already touched on it, but like, what did you, if you were to put yourself back in that time frame, like, what did you guys believe about what it meant to be beautiful? Like, if someone asked for your definition back then, like, what would it have been? And where did that come from? Um, I would say for me, it was being skin, being skinny, um, you know, doing your hair, doing your makeup, um, wearing like the in style fashionable clothes um that was kind of what like I didn't really have a sense of like worth beyond like what I looked like so that would be me and and, you know it's so sad sounding now to say it but looking back I was like yep it was you know how I looked and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was me too yeah yeah I guess um ever since I was like four years old my mom would constantly tell me that you dress like a child of God and like oh, she was like awesome. yeah she would say those things to me constantly she's like I knew you didn't know what I was talking about but she wanted to like put constantly put that in my head and then start of sixth grade my dad just came up with this rule of you're not allowed to leave the house without your butt being covered if you had leggings on or skirts or dresses that don't go down to your fingertips way to go dad right? <laughs> that's those awesome. leggings man your generation and that's yeah. like <laughs> And that's exactly when they first started coming out, is everyone was wearing the yoga pants, yep. you know, and showing off um, all that. But we had yoga pants, too, but they didn't look like they do now. They're no. so tight. There's no yeah. detail left on... No, there's nothing to the imagination. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, I really didn't understand it. I, I'm not telling you, every single morning, my dad and I would have a fight. It, like, caused a huge issue between our relationship, and now, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the exact same thing with my daughters. And like, he's doing the exact same thing with my little sister. It's just like, it taught me so much respect for myself. Now I, I don't really wear yoga pants without my butt being covered just because I just feel more comfortable being that way. I don't want to, I dress conservatively and just because I want to portray that I have self-respect, you know, and not saying that people that do that don't, but that's just 
who I am, and that's just what has been instilled. I love that. So I guess it's been positive. If I got in really good shape and did a lot of squats, I'd never lose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it would be different. Like, I, for me, like, my mindset is just so different now. Like, I do feel like that part of me is so much healthier. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's, yeah, I really can say truly, like, and this is in, probably a new development in the last few years, like, there's no shred of me left that I used to go to the gym for how I looked for everyone else. And I used to dress for everyone else. And there's no, there really isn't a shred of that left. Like, I don't give a crap if no yeah. man looks at me for the rest of my life. Does like, that feel good? Like, it feels so, so free. And it's not, like, about letting yourself go. It's about, like, yeah letting like coming back to yourself like mm-hmm. oh like yes. this isn't we important like obviously yes. you want to take care of yourself and like yes. feel good and there's no shame in like doing your hair and makeup totally. but like mm-hmm. if it makes you feel good not like ooh, if I dress this way like I'm gonna get hit on or yeah. yes yeah but it's such oh. a fine line yes and yeah. even like being self-aware of like I don't know even a few years ago like even just for like a work party it would have been for everybody else mm-hmm. and now it's really like I don't know if it's just me getting older accepting that I can't you can't like yeah. you just can't maintain no yeah. your youth or I think more of it is just yeah I know my worth is yeah. not found there yeah mm-hmm. so. totally. anyway but to go back like you both have had stories I mean everybody has good stories but like Annie you have mentioned to me that there were incidents that happened how old were you when um you- I was like 11 or 12 that um, have affected you like yeah yeah I think day. I think one of the um, hard moments came for me. Um, so it's going to sound petty because it's like, oh, my gosh, grade school, middle school. <laughs> but um, in about sixth grade, I had um, a incident where um, there were two boys. And one I had had a crush on for, like, three years. So, I mean, put yourself <sighs> back in 11-year-old shoes. Like, that's yeah. a big deal. Oh, yeah. That you, guy. You, like, everybody, you know, like, at that age, I feel like girls are so tenderhearted mm-hmm. and so susceptible. And... Anyways, long story short, um, I ended up being, um, there was a misunderstanding. These boys thought I had told on them to the teacher and I hadn't, but they didn't believe me and they really rejected me and they thought I was like this tattletale, this, and I just basically set off this, um, kind of a snowball effect of like, kind of, I, I don't want to use the term bullying cause I think there's, that's a pretty wide range and I don't, I mean, some people have gone through horrific bullying. Like there's people, you know, well, but each is all known at that age. At that age. Yeah. yeah. So it was rough. Um, and I went to the same junior high as them, high school and throughout up until we graduated, basically, um, there was animosity there from them. And I remember like, if I found out I had a class with them, my heart would just literally sink in my mm-hmm. chest and my stomach would get knots. And not only did I know like they didn't like me, obviously, but they also told you know, guys in their circle, like, oh, she's like this, or don't be friend, or don't like her. Cause, Amazing. And so it was this, it was a very, um, yeah, it, it really turned, I can mark in my head, like, what I was like prior to that, and what I was like after that. And the girl I was prior to that happening was very, like, I was kind of a goofball. I was a class clown. Like, I love to be the center of attention. Um, I would put on, like, these talent shows for my, <laughs> like, it was goofy. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, it was like this, it was, it crushed me. Like mm-hmm. I turned into from this like wild, you know, like mm-hmm. crazy, like, oh, you know, life of the party type person to I'm gonna sit back. I'm not going to say anything. Like I can even tell in my smile in pictures if it was after that or before that. Wow. Um, Cause I would just smile with like this, like sad Mona Lisa type smile. Oh. Um, and yeah. And it really like, I don't know why, like now looking back, I'm like, who cares? Like whatever. But at that age, for some reason, it just got me. And, 
um, yeah, so I lived my pretty much even my whole high school life, like, just like, okay, sit back, look pretty, like, um, and then this is kind of weird, but kind of dovetailing with that, like, because I had experienced such a rejection from and sort of like a bullying from them, especially a boy who I had liked, um, I became like, okay, if any boy shows me attention, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat mm-hmm. that up. Cause that's like, wait, I do have worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that same time, like I started, as I grew out of like the weird, awkward, you know, braces years, um, <laughs> I did start getting attention from boys, like about my looks and even just, you know, no well-meaning family and friends of saying like, oh, you're so pretty. Like, look, I remember when I was 14, my grandma was like, lavishing praise on me for being so slim and I was like mm-hmm. okay like and in your mind when you're that young and susceptible you're like all right like okay being skinny is really important check yeah. noted being pretty is really important in praise like I remember my teachers would like even tell my mom like she's so beautiful and like yeah. when you hear that you're like okay well that's important and sounds like it's something I'm good at so I'm going to yeah. focus on that um yeah and well, meaning it's it's nice for me to hear that um these are all positive things. Yeah. Like minus those guys, but like mm-hmm. these are all positive mm-hmm. things that contributed to you having that belief. Cause I had heard a lot of negative in my household growing up and yeah. I always thought that was what created that monster in me, but this was all well-meaning positive things mm-hmm. that still created it. Yes. In you. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not to say like, Oh, I shouldn't have ever heard that. But I think when you come from a wounded place of like trying to seek any approval that you can get, and then you find something you're getting approval mm-hmm. for or like kudos for, you're like, Oh, I'm going to hang on to this. Yeah. I don't even think you have to be wounded. No, like it just happens. Yeah, especially at that age. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, like I just started eating that up and like I was never, you know, like in my circle of friends, like I never was the one with the best grades. Um, and in, you know, I love to play volleyball, but I was never, you know, like the starter on the varsity. So it's like, okay, I'm kind of okay at these other things, but like, ooh, what do I consistently get called out for? Being pretty, being skinny. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's my ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm going to excel at that. And so that kind of just sort of, snowballed its way into like that was my identity and Mm -hmm. if I wasn't going to be the best at other things I was going to be the best at this I was going to be the skinniest I was going to be the prettiest and it's funny to say like I don't want to sound high like I'm not saying like oh I was so beautiful but like Uh, that's just still a bombshell yeah Um, no but like like I didn't see it but all these other people were feeling and I was like okay we're gonna go with this and that led to like I mean we can go into it later but like I ended up starting to have like an eating disorder and like just seeking the wrong attention from guys, mm-hmm. like just cause it made me feel like I had this worth that I kind of was told I didn't before. So anyways, oh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. kind of that in a nutshell. I can go into more if you need to, but <laughs> no, yeah. My mind is just spinning because um, you equate it all back to that wound that those guys I think it, I think pieces of that would have happened anyway because I think it's just a young woman thing yeah, to like, totally. yep, absorb that and yep. then kind of thrive on it. But mm-hmm. it's crazy how guys were what wounded you and then guys were what you were trying to fill it with. Mm-hmm. The approval of guys. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. That's kind of what I want to get into. Like, what fears that has created in your lives? Like, why do we think, why has Satan, I think it's a Satan thing. Like, I know some people don't believe in him. I I absolutely believe in him and like his influence on the world. Like when we start to think like when we die, like why the heck would looks, how we look on the outside have been so powerful? Like why is that? Why has he been so victorious with that? Like why is that a thing? I think it's easy because I think that's like for women, especially I'm not saying men don't experience this too, but I think it's just, it's easy for them to know like, 
hey, I can get her to feel this way. And mm-hmm. we just do it. Like, mm-hmm. whether it means well, because I yeah. relate to that too of like, I constantly have people telling me how beautiful I am or whatever. Yeah. And my mom said, she's like, at a baby, people would stop her and say, you have the most beautiful Aww. daughter. Which is obviously so yeah. uh, sweet and nice and they mean nothing ill by it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's... It's dangerous. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I think from even, like, if you look at how you talk to little, a lot of people talk to little girls versus little boys, like, what do you say? Like, oh, you're so pretty. Like, oh, I love your dress. And little boys is like, oh, you built that tower nice. Like, look at how strong. Look how smart he is. Uh It's so interesting. And, like, especially having a daughter, I have had to be very conscious of that because, Mm -hmm. I mean, from, you know, even before preschool, you start hearing these messages of, like, what am I getting complimented on? My looks, my looks, my yep. looks. And then you go into the world and you see like media and it's like, I mean, I don't know how many like sitcoms there are where like the guy's a total toad and like the woman is somehow a bombshell. And it's like, for some reason we have to be held to this standard. And mm-hmm. it's like, you just our society in general, I think just puts female beauty up on like this importance pedestal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And just the definitions of it and going back to like, I, I know you're both beautiful girls, and so it's easy to see someone like you and mm-hmm. judge or think, like, she has it perfect because of what she looks like. But yeah. one of the things I want to talk about, you kind of shared this, Annie, but, like, the dangers in that. Like, there's danger in getting that attention, too. Like, the, the nasty side of the attention. And oh, that's where yeah. your story kind of came in. Like, I don't know do, if you want to share it, Carol. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I guess I was, yeah, before I was known as, like, the... I guess pretty popular girl, whatever. But um, I was four days before I turned eighteen. I remember this day to the T. But I was it was right before my senior year of high school. Uh, with being on the dance team, you know, we had to come up with all the music and the mixes and whatnot. And I had a friend that was willing to um, mash up songs for us for like a homecoming dance. I think it was. And. Um, a girl on my dance team was like, hey, stop over my house. I have a CD for you to use, blah, blah, blah. So I did, and I stopped over there. She was at home. No one was home except for her brother-in-law. And uh, he let me in. I went up to her room to grab the CD, and as I was walking out, he was standing at his bedroom door, not wearing any pants, just a T-shirt, and said, hey, want to come give me a haircut? Mm-hmm. And I looked at I think I was just, like, in shock because I was like, you hear about this all the time, but you never actually expect it to happen to you. And I thank God every day that it didn't turn into anything more because that very well could have. Like, I was a 17-year-old girl by myself. Like, nothing with me. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm okay. And I just walked out. And I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, it didn't really phase me. And I remember, like, I was texting one of my friends and I was like, hey, this just happened. And she was like, um, you should probably go tell your mom because that's like kind of a big deal. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Like I was just like in shock and mm-hmm. I went home and I just started crying and my mom was like, it hit you. Yeah. It just totally hit me. And I was like, just told her everything. We ended up getting the police involved. Well, I felt so bad for this girl who's on my dance team that this is her brother-in-law. Um, I ended up telling her. And then the police went over there, and he, it was his word against mine, so nothing happened. Ugh. So, which sucked, but also, like, I felt power 
coming forward with my story because I wasn't the only girl that he was doing this to and mm-hmm. talking inappropriately and, you know, who knows what, how far he could take it. And so more happened. He showed up at our dance recital oh and gosh. my mom got in on it. Like I saw him. Oh my gosh. And I was still oh. dealing with what happened because yeah. I just, I don't talk about it because everyone knows this girl. I don't want to cause her. Is this yeah. still in high school? Yes. This is all in high school. And it was, so that this happened in August and then that spring or it was in February, I saw him at our dance recital and I could, I was out at my, I remember this day I was out for our intro introduction piece and I saw him right in the middle of the, the, um, audience. And I looked and I had all I can do not to start crying in the middle of my dance. And I ran out and I told the girl that I talked to about this before and I just could not get it together. I was just like, Oh my gosh, how can you be here? Seriously. Type thing. And then I told my mom and she just, I mean, she went berserk, you know, and mama bear moments, yeah. but yeah, it was heartbreaking. And it wasn't until I think it was that following fall I did tech. I did tech throughout high school and I was serving. Um, this is Teens Encounter Christ. It's yes. a weekend that teenagers do that's very transformative. Yes, it's amazing. And so I went through it as a sophomore in high school and then I kind of worked it here and there. Mm-hmm. And there was two spiritual leaders there that were just the sweetest people ever. And I was still, like, this is probably almost a year later, and I still was so worried about this. And um, it consumed a lot of my thoughts and how I acted and whatnot. And I had her pray over me, and it just was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. But even still, like, I remember exactly what I was wearing that day, and I have yet to wear that shirt. It's like trauma. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to, like, compare, like, I it could have been a lot worse, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm not putting light to anybody's that happened, story that happened, you know, that could have been a lot worse, but it was just the way that some old man talked to me. I mean, he was 35 years old, if not older. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Well, talk to me, like, I pretend like I'm the girl that's in the audience seeing this you, this yeah. tall, beautiful, happy dancer, like, and I would never know that that's happening. And yeah. it, you were powerless over it. It was just yeah. something that happened to you. But I would imagine that makes you like want to crawl under a rock and like not be something pretty that he would have wanted. Totally. To attack, you know? It has dictated how, like I said earlier, like how much I love dressing up and feeling good about myself. It like has dictated how I make myself look like I won't wear certain clothes because I'm going to get attention from guys. Like even now, like I still get a lot of negative attention. And I think that spiraled into more, more issues that I deal with. You don't want the attention. No, that was my next question is you both have dealt with these kind of things. I don't want to say ramifications of being pretty girls. Cause I feel like a lot of any girl could struggle with some of totally. these things, but like how can you both talk about like, you're both these, also these amazing followers of Christ and you're strong and you have love and you know the difference. Like you, you know that beauty is not equated to what you look like, but how can you talk through how those experiences, like how did you overcome them? How do they continue to affect you? Like what do you battle with still to this day because of them? Um, I mean, sadly, I don't think I truly overcame the sense of like my looks being integral to my worth until probably like 
even after having my first child Mm -hmm. because it was always still something I could control or work at. And like, it was still something I got attention for. And even Mm -hmm. after, um, I had Rosie, like, you know, I would still like, you know, go out at night with, you know, some girlfriends and yes. you like get hit on and it was like, Oh, I still got it. Yeah. Yes. Like gave me this like surge of like, Oh, you still got it. You're worthy. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it wasn't until I started like going to church, um, and like actually learning like, Oh my gosh, my worth has nothing to do with how I look, mm-hmm. what I can do, you know, you know, any achievements I can you know, achieve whether they're looks based or career based or whatever. Um, and that was just growing up. Like that was just something I never really heard was like, you're worth this just because you're you. And I'm not trying to like poo poo my parents or like, it was nothing like bad, but just like the whole like concept of like my worth is because of whose I am. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus is God's versus just like, oh, you got good grades, good job. Like, oh, you're really pretty. Like, oh, you, you know, ran this fast in the cross-country meet. Like, yeah, it was always like, and again, like what parent and who doesn't give people, you know, yeah. accolades for achievements, right? Totally. Like that's that's totally fine and healthy. But for some reason with me, it just, it internalized into like my worth is this. And it wasn't until I started actually having like a real relationship with God and Jesus and it like started to like learn more about the Bible and like what it says about who I am and all that, that I was like, oh, this is total BS. Yeah. It is. Like, I'm like, I don't need to, like, be this, you know, perfectly dressed, you know, got it all together, looking good, getting hit on person. Um, And that's been so freeing. Like, that's kind of what I was talking about with that, like, um, that Galatians Bible verse. It's just like, but the world will try to get you to buy back into that. Like, whether it's through, like, a, you know, a compliment that really, like, goes back to your old, like, you know, mm-hmm. desires or whatever, or it's a critique that really zings you. Like not that long ago, I had this woman at the gym. Um, I was wearing, you know, like a tighter workout top and let's be honest after my abs separated, like they ain't what they used to be. And I do not have this like amazing six pack flat stomach anymore, but I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, and she looked at me and she said, Oh my gosh, like when are you having your next baby? Stop it. And I was oh. like, I'm not. Like, oh I'm my god! I'm not pregnant. Oh. Um, and you could just see her like she wanted to crawl in a hole and die, which I was oh, like, sure, sure, yeah. yeah, never. <laughs> but I was like, I mean, and to me, I like seriously, I don't have that flat. But it, it's not like I have this giant bump no. here. Yeah. So I was just like, but I remember like obviously that would make any woman feel pretty crappy. Yes, um, it would. But for me, like I just remember I was like, it crushed me based on like how I used to have my value and yeah. I thought I was beyond that and I went up and like I cried to my friend and she was like no that's not right like you know like that's not true and then the next day I listened to this podcast and it was all about like recovering your freedom and staying free mm-hmm. and it was a revelation wellness one that I've talked mm-hmm. about before and it like I went for a run with it and I was just like no I'm not getting back in that cage like mm-hmm. that was totally like a shot a cheap shot from I believe Satan not that I'm calling this woman yeah <laughs> but like I like I think he'll try to use anything to get you back where you're right. most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was where my most was most vulnerable. And it's just like, okay, no, I'm not going there. And it, it is, it, I mean, it's a daily battle, but it's, I feel so much freer because I'm like, okay, like I don't mm-hmm. have, like I go out of the house now without makeup. That was unthinkable yeah. back in the day. And right. like, not that, I mean, <laughs> most days I joke to 
my husband Luke, I'm like, I look like I like have been you know, wandering <laughs> the out in the wilderness or in the streets for days. And he's like, yeah, let's maybe like bring it back to a middle ground. But <laughs> I, know, I think we all do. Like we've shot ourselves in the foot because once you start wearing makeup as a young woman, then when you stop, you look, you're like, oh, dear Lord. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. I wish I would have never started wearing makeup. I know. Um, okay. And I know that there could be a whole episode on just this and maybe we should do that. But I know people that are, before we move on, they're struggling with eating disorders right now. Yeah. And they know the truth. They know about God. They're very loved. Mm -hmm. And how, if you could, you probably, it's hard to sum it up, but like, how did you move through that storm? Like, how did you get on the other side of that? Well, so I think first it was a physical thing. And this was before I even started having like a relationship with God. I went to an amazing program called the Emily program. Mm -hmm. um, And it wasn't any like spiritual transformation, but honestly, I had this um, dietitian who challenged me to like eat in a different way. It was like, she told me, she basically looked at what I was eating. It was like, you're eating like, a, you know, a person on a cardiac diet, like blah, blah, blah. Like there's no reason you should be eating like this. Like you're starving yourself or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, I know that's why I'm here. <laughs> but um, she was like, I challenge you. Like she kind of challenged me each week to like try a different food that I was scared of and just see what happened. And it was terrifying like I started I was like you mean you mean I can eat mac and cheese like this is so scary or you know just like other things that I was like terrified to eat or hey how about you don't count your calories for a day see what happens eat when you're hungry or full and I was like what no that's terrifying um but I started to do those little scary steps and I was like oh okay everything's okay okay." I mean I gained a tiny bit of weight but it was a good thing I got healthier um but then I started realizing like I don't have to count everything I don't have to like, and that was another prison I was in. It was like, oh my gosh, every day, like, here's my calculator. Okay, I ate a cracker, add this. Like, it was just so, oh, never again. Um, But getting free from that and just realizing I can trust my body. Like, it, I can eat like some foods that aren't quote unquote the healthiest, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have to like, my body knows how much it needs. I don't need to calculate. And, And if I eat something like, Ooh, naughty. I'm using quotation marks. I don't have to go on an 11 mile run. It's really okay. And that just took hard practice and it took getting really uncomfortable and scared and like sitting with the scared and being like, okay, you have this fear here, but then you have this recovery here. What's worth it? Like, do you want to get free from this crap or do you want to like stay safe, quote unquote? And it just took daily like practicing getting through that. So I would say if anybody out there is struggling with an eating disorder, recovery is so terrifying, but it's so worth it. Like, even if you gain five, 10 pounds, whatever you need to get your body healthy, it's so worth it. Like Mm -hmm. not like the prison you're in and like the bones you can count is not worth it. Like you're not living. Like it's just, I, you equate so much of it to fear, not to cut you off. Yeah. Like you're equating a lot of what you were in to, I've heard you say prison cage fear. Yep. Which I I didn't, I haven't struggled with an eating disorder, but I, I wouldn't know that, like, it would be, you use the word terrifying. Yeah. Like, to to not, to eat macaroni and cheese. Like, yeah. I would think, like, oh, yeah, I don't want to. I People don't want to, but, like, yeah. you're saying it was, like, it was a fear thing. Like, yeah. you were scared of what was going to happen mm-hmm. if you did that. It's so. a fear of letting go control. At least for me and my eating disorder, it all started out with, like, something I couldn't control. Yeah. And something yeah. I could focus on. And, like, it originally was just, like, something I could focus on to take the away my mind away from like the stress or like the sadness yeah. I was feeling on the outside. I'm like, well, if I'm too busy counting calories or planning my next meal, I'm not going to think about X, Y, Z. And then it became like, 
I started feeling like really in control, but then it became almost like a prison wall I built around yeah. myself. And I was like, crap, I'm trapped. <laughs> and like, what's the worst thing? What is the, like in your mind then, what's the worst thing that would happen? Just one last quick question. Oh. Um, like what's the worst thing that you're terrified of happening? Gaining weight, getting fat and being unattractive. Like and losing it, that attraction. Yep. It's it all goes back to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, like it's, I wouldn't pay. I was thinking about this as I was thinking about, you know, we're going to record this and I'm like, I see old pictures of myself man, I was skinny and like, well, rested and beautiful. But I think back, I'm like, for any amount of money, would I go back into that girl right now? No, I wouldn't. Like the, like, it's like this pretty apple on the outside and the inside's rotten. Like, nope, that's that's okay. I'll take a bumpy apple that's. (laughs) Yeah, you're like this bubbly, hilarious, beautiful woman. I I can't even picture that person that you're describing. There's not even a trace of her left. Oh, cute. Yeah, I mean, it's. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about you? So how has it affected you like to this day? Um, kind of having that power stolen from you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, you were basically being punished for just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, but yeah. tell me about like how that's affected you. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, that wasn't the last time I got negative attention. Like I'll, I was out with my friends and some guy slaps my butt and that it's like constant or people catcalling me and mm-hmm. yeah, it can be harmless, but it's so degrading mm-hmm. and it makes you feel so worthless. Even though I feel like I dress appropriately, like I'm, I feel like I look respected and whatnot, but I don't know. I allow that to play a role in my mind of how I should dress. Like, okay, now I'm not going to wear tight pants or you know like take it almost to a step further and I um have I've had some health issues so now I'm getting my body back to where it needs to be and then I was took up running because my brother signed me up for a half marathon (laughs) (laughs) yeah right and um well this was last spring and I guess I had this conversation with my mom because I had so much fear that like oh what if I do get a rock and bod quote unquote, you know, and like lose some weight, like, is that going to bring more negative attention to me? Like it, like, honestly, yeah, it was such a big fear of mine. And, or yeah, I get like nasty old men commenting on me and like, Hey, you should come back to my house. Like it is just, it's disgusting. And I'm like, what gives you the right? And I don't know, for whatever reason it, like they play so much power in my head and I just, I allow them to win, which I, I don't mean to, but it's, I think that spiral effect of hearing that over and over plays huge in my, in my mind. And I don't know, it kind of dictates how I dress, what I, how I present myself. Like, I mean, I don't wear makeup at all every day, which I think that's a huge accomplishment. Like I was the girl that wore makeup every single day and now I'm like well I don't really care what I look like I'm not here to impress anybody but yeah. I don't know it's like, like you're the opposite of Annie though like you yeah. wanted to repel the attention uh-huh. yeah because it had come in a nasty way yeah so then I think I mean I'm 22 years old and like all my friends are dating and are in relationships and I think I honestly put up a wall of guys not like coming to me if that makes sense like yeah. I know I'm really busy right now but I I have had guys tell me that you are so intimidating. You don't look approachable. 
and I don't mean to, like, I'm usually like a really nice person, but they don't want to approach me because I just, I just put up this wall of like, nope, all guys are bad. No nice guy wants to talk to me. Wow. Yeah. Even if it's subconscious, you probably just it's so subconscious. Yeah. Fears. Well, that experience was so traumatic. Like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have to knock down the fear that all men are bad. You know. Yeah. You know, like, that's yours. But yeah, it's crazy. But something put that fear. Well, we know. Yeah. That fear yeah. was placed in you. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Totally. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, so. We were talking earlier because when I started this small group with Generation Z, I wrote this little small group study and I was reading through the beauty chapter, like how powerful it was, like how Annie and I were saying, like, there's power when you feel pretty. And so you work out and you do all the things and all the things that you're doing are for that attention that you're living off of Mm -hmm. and thriving off Mm -hmm. of. And everybody's eyes kind of glazed over, like they didn't, they were saying like, that doesn't, that's not really your generation, but you had a different reaction. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. Also, we were sitting outside in your um yard Haley and yeah everyone kind of said the same thing like it didn't really apply to them but I remember I think that was a really dark point in my life like I just allowed this to affect me so much and I would look in the mirror and just hate myself like I can pick out so many different things that I didn't like and I just I would hear all the time how pretty I am whatever but you know I never believed it and um I just I'm like I'm so sick of feeling this way and I remember having that study and I just broke down in just tears like I, I remember crying there and then I came home and was just crying all night and you said like instead of looking at yourself and um picking out things that you hate replace them with bible verses and mm-hmm. positive yeah. talk yeah and I did that for weeks and I was like just picked out things that like I don't like my stomach or I don't like my Mm. hips whatever and I would just replace it with verses and um positive things about myself and um how God made me and how he views me and it has changed tremendously like I don't look at myself and hate myself (laughs) a huge thing but I mean I still struggle with insecurities here and there you know but I don't cry about myself the way I look you know so that blows my mind that someone like you could feel that way, but it makes sense because, so there's an activity in this book and in these live events, I've gotten to see it live and it, that is powerful to see a room full of women go through what you went through. But one of the exercises that we do is, and maybe for those of you who are listening, you can try this, but like, I think it will blow your mind. Like I had everyone hold up a handheld mirror and I said, like, try really hard to capture what, what that first initial thought is that goes through your head about yourself. Cause it's almost always ugly. Yeah. And it, like it broke me to see like everyone just has that reaction, like moms yeah. and daughters and like anyone yeah. at these events is just bawling and they may, maybe weren't even aware of the bad thoughts. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. the number one thing is to capture them. Yeah. We yeah. always talk about this verse, second Corinthians 10, five, take captive oh, yes. every thought and yes. make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. yeah. So the first is just to notice that it's there. Maybe that's a good way to kind of like end is I could read Unless you guys have anything else that you want to add. No. There's yeah. the poem that I read to people yeah. when they have the mirrors up. So at first I tell them, like, capture that thought. Like, hang on to it. I want you to hang on to it because I want you to realize, like, it's a lie and it's maybe it's fear-based mm-hmm. or maybe it's, you know, something you've been through or something someone told you growing up or whatever made you hate yourself. Hang on to it so that you realize it's there. And then we read this poem. So 
thank you. Before I end, I'll just say thank you to you two for being here and sharing. Thank Thank you. Yeah. And I know there's so many women that are going to listen to this and relate to both of you on so many levels, or even just feel like they're not alone Mm -hmm. and there is hope and God loves you. And just know that no matter what you're going through as a woman, you aren't alone. And it's so normal to feel like you just don't like yourself or you're afraid, but those are lies. And that's why we're here today because I want to get rid of all of them. Uh, So this is what we read to the women as they hold the mirror up to their faces. Do you see eyes that have once held back pain, a nose that doesn't always take time to smell the rain, a mouth that is eaten and kissed and spoken? Do you see something inside of her that's broken? Do you see things that you wish you could change? Just a little thing here, a little tuck there that would make you feel amazing? What if I told you that those eyes were perfection, that God made them by hand with careful intention? What if he took time to design every hair and watches to see if you'll notice her care? What if I told you appearances lie, that no amount of makeup was needed for you to be loved in God's eyes? That God made you beautiful as his perfect work of art, that he doesn't design by the world's standards, but from his own heart. Mm, isn't that so good? So good. It's amazing. Ah. I remember sending, I sent that to all my friends. So I'm like, oh. hey guys, you need to read this. But it's like, so so you good. have to like sit down and really think about mm-hmm. it. Like, so what I want you to remember is just how beautiful you are and just know that um, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone and you're beautiful and you're beautiful exactly as you are right in this moment today. So thank you so much for listening and we hope you have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.